Welcome to Azure Ability, a podcast for everyone interested in the art and science of developing solutions for the Microsoft Azure platform. Each show brings insight from the folks who know Azure best, including the cloud solution architects who help Microsoft's leading clients devise the most innovative and interesting solutions on the planet, as well as the engineers and program managers who build Azure itself. Listen in and you'll be sure to speed your journey into the cloud. And now your host, Lewis Berman. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Azure Ability Podcast. We're here at the famous Channel 9 Studios, or actually, we're not at the Channel 9 Studios. We're like inches from the Channel 9 Studios. We're in like one of the rooms across the hallway from the Channel 9 Studios. But, in you know, in the sort of way it happens, one of the engineers from the studios came by and laughed at us. So, so I mean, that's always good. And I'm here this morning with Abel Wang, a principal cloud advocate specializing in DevOps. That's right. Wow. I wrote it down. That's the only reason I. <laughs> I could actually say here. And we're here to talk about why DevOps is great, but why Azure DevOps, Azure DevOps, quote around either things, it's an actual product, is the best thing since sliced bread. But firstly, I want to talk a little bit about Abel. Why, why don't you say something about yourself and I'm going to say something about yourself? <laughs> Fair enough. So like you said, I'm a principal cloud advocate specializing in DevOps. And, and so my role at Microsoft ultimately is to help all of our customers or help everybody get into Azure using DevOps best practices. And I literally don't even care what tooling you use, right? You can use Jenkins for your build. You can Spinnaker for your releases. You can use Atlassian tools. You can use whatever you want. It literally doesn't matter as long as you're going into Azure. And I want you to do it using DevOps best practices. Now, course, I kind of do love Azure DevOps, the product itself, yeah. too. But that, that's, that's a whole and, other and thing. And you won't feel bad if I'm partisan Azure, Mr. Rabid Azure Dude, <laughs> one, <laughs> one hopes. So so I'm very pleased to finally meet Abel. You know, we've corresponded before. Mm-hmm. I've seen a bunch of his videos. You're, you seem like all over the place. I, you know, it's like Channel 9 videos, other people's podcasts, other people's blogs, other people's video casts. I try to keep busy. Yeah, no, I, you're, defi- you're definitely busy. But I want to read something from Abel's bio. I had asked him to send me a little bio about himself. And I, I think this sums up Abel's attitude and, and, you know, personality. It comes across, hopefully you'll, you'll see this, and said, the end of his bio, blah, 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 I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm terrific, <laughs> I do some shit. And it's a podcast, I'm allowed to say you do some shit. Right? Perfect. So, so, but more importantly, at the end, it says, recently diagnosed with cancer, Abel spits in the face of cancer and will never quit. And I don't, want to intrude in stuff, but I, 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 you know, I find the attitude very inspiring. It was inspiring to my wife who I shared it with. Her sister is going through not, not cancer, but, but children, some, something else. And so, you know, I'm just pleased to have you, you here. Is there anything around that you'd like to say to, to tell people? It does sum up the whole situation pretty much, right? So about a year ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And, and as you can imagine, that type of news is kind of like a bombshell, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. And especially considering the fact that I felt perfectly fine. Like I felt super healthy. I run six miles every day, right? I mean, I'm in relatively good shape. I thought I was perfectly fine. And, and then you get this news and you're kind of shocked, right? And then you realize, wow, I'm actually mortal. And yeah. then you realize, oh, you know, I need to go into treatment and this is going to be pretty brutal. And, you know, whether they tell you it is or not, it's going to be pretty brutal. And I remember talking to my brother who's a surgeon and, and he just flat out told me, you know, this is going to be like a marathon. He's like, it's not a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. It's Got going to be it. about a year of treatment. And I thought about that and I thought about mortality for the first time. And my first reaction was just anger. You know, it screw this. 
I don't give it. You said shit, so I'll say it too. I don't give a shit if I have cancer. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to win. Or I'm not going to win. Either way, it doesn't matter. I am not going to quit. As long as I can breathe, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to continue doing the things that I love while I can. I'm going to work as much as I can because I love my work. And let's just see what happens. I'm going to motherfuck. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to uh, Hey, you know, <laughs> we both work for Microsoft, but damn it. This is my podcast. Say whatever you like, man. I probably should drop F-bombs, right? Yeah. But I'm going to win no matter what it takes. So that, that's, that's kind of what happened. And it's kind of cool because now after a year, um, I had my last chemo session last week, actually. Yeah. And I am cancer-free. I have two more surgeries still scheduled, but that's to revert things, right? I got to pull yeah. port out of my chest. I got to reroute my... my guts so I can, well, I won't go into the details, but anyway. But it's inspiring to me. Thank you, man. It's inspiring to my wife. And I I, I think, you you know, like we meet people in our lives and we hear hear things and lots of times they, they pass over you and they sort of disappear. And I have no doubt that this will be a story that lasts for me a long, long time. And, and mostly because it is, it, it's not the thing, it's the attitude, right? It is, yeah. it, it, it is, you know, things will happen in our lives to us or maybe our families and stuff. But, you know, we ultimately get to choose how we go forward. Can, can I share a really quick story no, about course, that, the attitude? So one of the things that's really helped me in life, right? And, and this directly corresponds to like my attitude right now and going through treatment and all that stuff. When I was in high school, I was kind of a, uh, let's just say I was kind of a brat, right? But one of my favorite teachers, uh, her name was Dr. Rose. She was my English teacher, just old, crotchety old lady, right? And I was complaining about something and she looked at me straight in the face and said, Abel, life is, and she had this huge Austrian accent, life is a shit sandwich. And every day you take a bite, sit your ass down, Abel. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so that's pretty much my attitude in life right now. Life is a shit sandwich. Get over uh, it. Work yeah. harder. Well, I think you're doing fabulously well. Thank and of man. course you get to concentrate on, on Azure DevOps. Yes. I'm yes, a yes, yes. rabid Azure person. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's the best thing you can possibly do. But let's talk about squids for a second. Okay. So you don't know this. I think you don't know this, but it turns out Mr. Abel Squidhead, which is, uh, <laughs> Abel explain what, what that means. It turns out that squids are very important in my life too. And actually my personal blog is named Squid Eyes. That's awesome. Yes. Squid Eyes. And, and in my case, Squid Eyes is because it's, it's a refutation against creationism because squids and humans both have eyes that are essentially identical. Retinas, mm-hmm. you know, fl- fluid filled sacs, lenses, the whole deal. Cool. Except we diverge from them. You know, our, our last common ancestor was 700 million years ago. Wow, that's so, awesome. So, so on that alone, I was intrigued about <laughs> squid head. But tell, tell listener, our listeners what Abel squid head is. Uh, okay, this is a little bit difficult, but uh, it's, it, that's my Twitter handle, Abel Squidhead. I've always had an affinity to squids because they're squishy, they're weird, they're cool, they have these <laughs> tentacly things, right? They're just really cool, cool creatures. The whole squid head thing, I don't think I can quite go into that unless I'm way more drunk than I am now. Oh, well, we'll it's, work it's, on that. It's one of those types of stories, right? But yeah. I'll, I'll just say this, right? That the name came about, there may have been a lot of alcohol involved. There Got may it. have been, you know, like a boys night out in certain, but it, it was, it's a, it's a story. 
It's a story. We'll we'll share it some other time, but I I do need to be quite a bit more drunk. Yes. The key point is at Able Squid Head Twitter handle (laughs) and interesting things to do. So Azure. Yes. Azure DevOps, right? You know, let me say if I say this correctly, nay, is that the way you say it used to be? Nay, VSTS, nay, (laughs) VSO, nay, TFS, nay. You You know, we love at Microsoft, I think, if you're familiar with us, we love to use lots and lots of names. But Azure DevOps isn't just a rename. It's a massive, massive change. Could you explain why it's so wonderful and big and what sure. it is? Sure, sure, absolutely. So Azure DevOps, the product, right? So this is, we, we got to make the distinction between Azure space, oh. DevOps, and, and, and Azure DevOps, which is a product. And what it is, is a suite of tools. And I always say this, right? What is Azure DevOps? It is the ultimate DevOps tool set. Why? Because it is literally everything you need to take an idea and turn that idea into a working piece of software in the hands of your end users for any language, targeting any platform. So that's kind of a huge statement, right? Everything you need. What does that mean? So Azure DevOps is a suite of five separate tools that work incredibly well together, right? If you use them all together, it's, you get this amazing experience, but you don't have to. They're, they're separate tools. And they consist of Azure repos, which is basically a source code repository. It, it can be a Git repo because we all love Git these days. But there are some of us that don't love Git so much and we want a centralized version mm-hmm. control system. So it has one of those as well. So depending on whatever your flavor of source control systems that you like, guess what? Azure Repos has that. The next tool, or the next suite would be, how about Azure Boards, right? So what is Azure Boards? It's basically a work item tracking system where you can track any unit of work for your software project. So basically you can break things down into epics, into stories, into tasks, into bugs, you know, any type of work that you have in your software project. And then we have a bunch of visual tools that help you manage all that work, right? So we have backlogs and Kanbans where you can use you know, drag and drop and just, in a, like I said, a very visual manner, you can manage all the work in your software project. Next, we have Azure Pipelines. And with Azure Pipelines, this is a top of class CI/CD system. Right, where you can build and deploy your applications. And again, this is very important for any language targeting any platform. I don't want people to think that, oh, because this is from Microsoft, this must be for Windows and for .NET applications. And of course, it can do Windows and .NET, right? But it can do any language, any platform. So you want to do Java into Linux? Sure, not a problem. You want to do Go into whatever, or Rust? I don't care what language. I don't care what platform. You want to deploy into someone else's cloud, like AWS. There are other people's clouds? I don't want them to use other people's cloud, of course. You know, it will make me cry. Nobody wants to make me cry, right? But if you have to do that, right, and go into someone else's cloud, guess what? Azure DevOps, the product, literally doesn't care. We can build, deploy apps anywhere, any platform, right? So that's Azure Pipelines. Then we have Azure Tests, right? So this is a manual testing platform. So you can create your test plans and you can execute them when we track which tests work and which ones don't. And of course, this links and works with Azure Boards really well, which we're we're tracking all of your work, your stories and things like that. And finally, we have Azure Artifacts where you can store your artifacts, you know, and whether, you know, whether you're doing, you know, NuGet packages or any of the other types of... of, of, of NPM Maven, things like that. Yes, absolutely. So that, it, it just... Like I said, literally everything you need, right? So what's kind of cool about this is a lot of people have already invested very heavily in different types of systems, right? And 
they get to pick and choose what they want, right? This isn't some monolithic thing that you have to use Azure DevOps, the product and nothing else. You know, if you've already spent many, many years and who knows how many dollars building out all of your build pipelines using uh, Jenkins or something like that, nobody wants to reinvent the wheel and transfer that all the way into Azure Pipelines, even though I think Azure Pipelines is better, right? I have to, I, I, I may be a bit slanted in my view, but what's cool is that's fine. Keep on using Jenkins as your build engine, but, but you know what? Have you tried deploying stuff using Jenkins? It works, but it can be a little difficult at times. Maybe you can look at that and be like, wow, if I use Azure Pipelines to do my deployments, how cool, so easy. So use the tools that you want. You can mix and match whatever tools in the Azure DevOps, the product, that suite, the suite of tools, use the ones that make sense, right? So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Use what makes sense. The other very cool thing, though, is if you do use all the suites together, right, you get this unprecedented view into the health of your your project because all that data that it gathers, that just gets correlated automatically for you, right? So what's the biggest difficulty when you're like mixing and matching tools is trying to correlate that data. Right. But now if you use Azure DevOps from end to end, it just happens magically. And then you get cool things like you can track things like, oh, this user story, where is it at? Is it in production? What happened to it? And you can look at that and you can track and say, oh, okay. Able the developer, guess what? He grabbed that work on this particular date, checked in code against this at this particular date, kicked off a build, and this build was successful, ran these 20,000 unit tests and they all worked fine, deployed into the dev environment. And, you know, some developer looked at it, approved it, flowed into the QA environment, QA tested it, and it broke on this particular manual test. And guess what? It died in QA. And you can literally just see all of that. How, yeah, how powerful is that? It's crazy good. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S. So if you're 50 or older, it's time. Screening helps find precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Did you know there's more than one screening test? Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. I'll tell you the thing from my perspective that I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like. You know, I've been I've used every version of this. I think my first meeting on the original on-prem TFS was 2004 or 2005. 2005. 2005. Yep. So, I mean, it was really, really, really early back there. Mm-hmm. And that blew me away. But there was an incredible amount of things that you had to get right to start using it, right? And even yes. back then, TFVC... The whole connected model, team foundation version control, is that what it means? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. And so even then we went to disconnect it. So there was features, if you will, that were not there that ended up into the platform. But to look at how much stuff you had to do and you had to figure out and it was really, really hard to now, it feels just effortless to me. And even though I make a study of it, I have this sensation that I stumble into the right things the right way. Is that, is that a good thing to say? Is, yeah, sure. it, it is my favorite part of, of Azure DevOps is always been boards or, mm-hmm. you know, or work items and stuff. I, I think the notion of figuring out what you want to do than actually doing it turns out to be very under undervalued, but it just seems every time I try to do something, I don't know how to use it. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. I, it's just, I end up knowing how to use it. I, it's like, if I had to tell you do this, that, that I would probably not, not say it correctly, but it, it just feels 
the flavor of it and how to touch it. And conversely, you know, using a Jira <laughs> to plug that in somehow to, you, you, you know, it's, it's like the, it used to be like if we wanted to have GitHub issue tracking into commits, you'd have to do these strange strings, you know, pound sign, get something, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, but, right. But now it's just, it's just totally integrated, right? Yeah, and, and that's, that's really the goal, right? The end goal is we want to make this as seamless and as painless as possible. Yeah. You just, it, we don't want the tooling to get in the way of our everyday work, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's supposed to enhance our work and to make us more productive, not give us more work to do to manage the platform and to figure out how to make the tools work. I also have this notion that, you know, software used to be closed or more closed and it's going more more open. I, I have this notion that this is more open. It's certainly more open and that we have participants in making it. We were talking earlier about the whole idea that the old style used to be you'd take two years. You'd talk to some customers, you'd take two years to make something, and then, oh yeah, you'd show it to them two years later. And then maybe it'd be the right thing, but it probably wasn't going to be the right thing. I really get the sensation a lot of people participate in designing and advocating for things. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Designing and participating is, is, is super important, right? And being able to iterate quickly is, is, is insanely important in today's world. And so, so that becomes... One of the primary goals of, of Azure DevOps is one, we want to make sure we're giving out the features that people need mm-hmm. and not just giving out features that I think is important personally. Right. So that, that of course, takes us down this weird path of, uh, or not even weird, but it takes us down the path of, we need to gather lots of telemetry and figure out exactly what users really need. And now let's give them what they need. Mm-hmm. The fascinating thing for me is, like you were saying, we used to deliver code once every three years. And, and that's sorry, not code, but uh, the versions once every three years, which is horrifying in today's <laughs> world, right? I mean, who does things like that? Why did we think that was okay? But that's how everybody did things back then. Yeah. But there's a lot of downsides to that as well. For instance, like if you find a bug, like a lot of times we would deliver a new version of TFS, this was back when it was TFS, we would deliver a new version of TFS and my buddies would be like, oh, found a bug. And I'd immediately grab it, fix it and be like, yeah, cool, it's fixed. And you can get that fix in three years. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How insane is that? Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So it's gotten so much better now where we are now literally delivering new features every three weeks. Right? And it's like clockwork. Every three weeks, new features get dropped into production and people start, it lights up and people start seeing it just like that. So I was at the recent build conference the mm-hmm. earlier this week. And here's a, here's a thing, and maybe you will mirror me this i went to lots of different sessions and mm-hmm. at least five or six different sessions people complained on the stage and and or apologized that i'm so sorry we can't get it out on the sprint you're gonna have to wait two weeks right, right. i mean that's right that was they were embarrassed that oh yeah we were planning to do this but now we've put it off three weeks so so can i give you a little bit of inside view sure. i'm not sure how much i'm really supposed to share but but this is all stuff that, that i think is the people should know, right? Because we all experience these types of problems. We, like I said earlier, on the Azure DevOps team, we are pushing new features out once every three weeks, which is a tremendous improvement from once every three years, right? Yeah. But even that iteration of once every three weeks, and we do do bug fixes, hot fixes multiple times a day, right? So yeah. our, our pipelines are good enough. But one of the problems that we're having is once every three weeks is still too long. In today's world. And on top of that, you have to remember Azure DevOps is a a worldwide service, right? It's a worldwide service that can never go down. So because of that, to deploy, we don't don't just deploy to the entire world. That would just be insane, right? So we deploy 
fairly slowly from one ring to the next ring to the next ring. Until, and and what, what's a ring as an example? Uh, fair enough. So, so the very first ring. Ring be, zero, as it turns out, right? Ring zero is engineering itself, right? So mm-hmm. we literally use Azure DevOps every single day to manage our work, to build Azure DevOps, to release Azure DevOps into production itself, right? So we use Azure DevOps for absolutely everything, which makes us the perfect dog-fooding testers, right? Mm-hmm. So Bring Zero is just us, where we use it every single day. And so then these new bits, we deploy it into Ring Zero. We're using it for 48 hours. And as we're using it, we can either complain about it, and we're also gathering telemetry. Mm-hmm. And if too many things are going wrong, guess what? It just automatically gets blocked, things quickly get fixed, and then we try to deploy it again, right? So if it passes ring zero, it goes onto the next ring, which is ring one, which I think is South America, or it's actually literally Brazil. So lucky Brazil, right? They get some <laughs> very, very fresh bits. And the same thing happens. It sits there for 24 to 48 hours, and while users are using it, telemetry is being gathered, we're monitoring Twitter for, for sentiment, for people saying, oh my God, this is horrible, blah, 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 right? Or, or whatever. So we're paying very close attention. And once again, if the telemetry looks bad or if we see people are complaining or if somebody calls or whatever, it can easily be blocked. And so then the rest of the world doesn't see these horrible bits. We quickly fix it and then we keep on going and pushing. And if everything does look good, it flows into the next ring, into the next ring, and eventually the entire world gets all the bits, right? So it takes about a week or maybe even a bit longer to from when we press the button until the entire world sees these new bits. So once again, this is a vast improvement over what we had before, which is once every three years, you get a new (laughs) CD, right? Or a stack of CDs. So it's better than that, but we want to do better. We want to go faster, but it's we're running into difficulties. And one of the things that we ran into is that Azure DevOps, like you said, the history of Azure DevOps is it comes from the on-prem product called TFS. TFS came about in 2004, 2005. This is a monolithic application that sits on top of SQL Server. It wasn't even designed for the cloud. So when we first moved it into the cloud, the biggest pain point that we immediately hit was this does not scale because every new instance of TFS requires its own version of SQL Server. Mm -hmm. So if we have five customers that want to use it in the cloud, we need to spin up five instances, big instances of SQL Server. If we have 500 customers that want to use it, now we've got to spin up 500 instances of SQL Server. And very, very quickly, we would have gone broke by spinning up so many SQL services in the cloud. Absolutely. And it's important to note that while I guess in some instances, Azure DevOps is charged for, my perception is... It's really damn cheap. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not free. It's so. super cheap. For, it's mostly free. For most people, it's mostly free. And if you go over a certain threshold, then it costs like, what, $6 a day per user or something like that. Which is, I'm sorry. No, not, a month. No, a, a month. month. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Not, not per day. Not I'm sorry. Day. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah $6. Which, which is insanely cheap. So it's, and, it's not about by money. By the way, if you have MSDN or some of the oh, EA just, contracts, it's still freaking free. free. Then it's yeah, completely so, free. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, it's one of those funny things, and I'll tell you a little inside pool. So I'm a cloud solutions architect. I help large companies deploy software. In some sense, I you know get compensated on whether I get the people to buy stuff, right? And so, but it turns out that one of the reasons why I advocate for Azure DevOps is not because I would get that six dollars or whatever. I I don't know if <laughs> I, I'd have to check, but I'd be very surprised if any a single dollar from my clients comes through that. But the it, point is it's it such an it innate, really doesn't make us it's money. an enabler. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's 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 like grease. Right. So, and I think it's really, really important. It helps companies be 
way, way more successful, right? That's Absolutely. my feel. If, if companies are using Azure DevOps, right, it be, they become much more successful with their software products in terms of building and deploying, right? Just, things just work really well. Obviously, we made the barrier to going into Azure insanely simple now, especially if you're using Azure DevOps. Yeah. So why not, right? But but even beyond just into Azure DevOps, you, like I said earlier, you can go into any system, any yeah. platform. Yeah, we we did a website just coincidentally, and I helped one of my clients deploy to that evil empire. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> no, no, to AWS. And so the point was they had, you know, mm-hmm. we have a thing in Azure called the app service, which is basically a hosting for things like API apps and web apps and things, things like that. And it's a very effective and very simple model. But it turns out that using Azure DevOps, and I didn't know this for real until I did it, it's pretty damn trivial to do the exact same thing into Amazon. Yeah. And it should be because the Amazon people created this plugin. Plugin. Yeah. And could you talk a little about the marketplace and the ecosystem of this? It's not just those five big chunky service you talk about. It seems right. like it's a lot. It can be for anything, right? So Azure DevOps, here's another cool thing about Azure DevOps, is it is fully extensible, right? There mm-hmm. are extensibility points built into it anywhere. And anybody can build extensions for it, and then you can put those extensions into our marketplace and share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. Or even sell it if that's what you want to do. And I, yeah, you can do just about anything. Like you were saying earlier, you want to deploy into Amazon. We didn't have, obviously we didn't build that feature into Azure DevOps, but Amazon looked at us and said, hey, can we build an extension for it? And we're like, of course you can. You can do whatever you want, right? Just extension's completely open. And so they did. They built an extension. And it's one of the most popular as I, it comes up very high on the list of potential mm-hmm. extensions. Yeah, so, so our, it's really, this is super cool. Our partners have now created over, Last time I checked, and the number grows every single day, over 5,000 build and release tasks <laughs> that you can just download and start using. That's so crazy. If you're looking at your build and release tasks and you're like, hmm, I sure wish it can do something, instead of immediately trying to write it yourself, go look in the marketplace and see if somebody has done it already for you. Mm-hmm. Right? And building these extensions, really simple, it's either Node or PowerShell, which means it can run on any platform, Linux, Mac OS, uh, Windows, whatever flavor, right? You can you can do Node, so um, or you PowerShell. You can do Command. You can do uh, C Shell. You can do Bash. Whatever, right? So it's pretty simple to write these tasks, to, and you can make Azure DevOps do just about anything you want it to do. This is Meryl Streep. There's so much in life we can't control, but here's something we can: colorectal cancer. It's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., but it is almost entirely preventable. Screening finds polyps so they can be removed before they turn into cancer. If you're over 50, get screened for colorectal cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So I have this notion that this is easy. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I... Obviously, I've been using stuff along this line, the whole line of TFS and above for years and years and years. But I have this Mm -hmm. notion it's really easy. Mm -hmm. I've noticed lately there's a lot of tools to make things easy, like Wizards and Visual Studio and Visual Studio Code and even the Azure DevOps demo generator, which is a web base sort sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So do you have any insight on people who are coming to this new, how they approach it, how they're how are they getting it? Is it hard? Is it easy? What should they concentrate on? In terms of learning how to use yeah. Azure DevOps, a lot of it hopefully is very intuitive, 
Yeah. Hopefully it is. And if it's not, please let us know or please let me know and I'll let the right people know. The other thing that we try to do is we do try to document how to do things very, very carefully. And if we don't have the right documents on docs.microsoft.com, once again, that's something, please let me know. Just tweet at me directly and I will make sure those docs get written for you. One very cool thing about docs.microsoft.com I like, I've done this Mm -hmm. a bunch of times, is it's on GitHub. Oh, yeah. You can... Submit a pull request. I don't like this sentence or, you know, or docs, anything. Docs, things to remember, like you just said, docs.microsoft.com is completely open source, which yeah. means if you don't like the way the docs are written or if something is missing, and you can just go in there and submit a pull request and do it yourself. Yeah. If there's a mistake in it, and the mistake is super simple to fix, guess what? Just create a pull request, check it in. And, and now you're a contributor to our docs as well. It's amazing. The, the whole open, the way that Microsoft has embraced open source recently makes my heart so incredibly happy. Yeah. And that's from our CEO down. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so which, which is really, really great. So if I was going to ask you for your favorite feature, what would be your favorite Azure DevOps feature? And I know it's probably, you know, asking you to pick between your children right, and stuff, right, but, right. but damn it, I'm going to do it anyway. Fair enough. So, oh, this is, uh, this is an interesting question. So there's, of, of course, I love, I love the workout and tracking, tracking section because I am an Agilist at heart and it does mm-hmm. enable that very well. I have to go with the CI/CD system though. Okay. Because that has enabled and empowered developers in a way that they did not have even let's say you know 5 years ago, 7 years ago. And it really empowers people to to be able to deploy faster, to deliver value faster. And it's so super powerful where you can make literally make it do whatever you need it to do. I'm 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 kind of a big fan of CI/CD. That's very very cool. As I said before, boards are it for me. I'm just sort of amazed. Boards you know, are fantastic. I love you them. You know, and so, but if I was going to not use me, but I was going to use the prototypical thing, the thing I like best is that I always seem to be able to figure out what to do, even oh, though I great. don't make a study of it. And, yep. and, and, and that wasn't always the case, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, I, I very much remember having to do a security task back in the VSO days. And it was like, <laughs> you know, kill me now. It's like, it's just like nothing, nothing worked. And remember, I, I'm tapped in. I knew people mm-hmm. to talk to and mm-hmm. even then. So, so it's, it's pretty much a quantum leap. So, so what's in the future? There are things you can talk about in the future. You know, I know there were announcements of Bill, but yeah. So, so if we look short term, right? What, yeah. what what is the short term goals? Uh, they, they we made a whole bunch of announcements at Build, of course. But the two biggest announcement that we made, number one, is YAML now works for builds and also your release pipelines as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you use YAML file for your build, but you can describe your whole build and release pipeline through a YAML definition file that yep. you can check into your source code, right? That, once again, as a, dev, as a DevOps practitioner, that makes me insanely happy. This is We've been waiting for this for a long time and yep. it's finally here. So what are we going to do? We're going to iterate and this is hot off the press, right? So we need to iterate on this and improve this more. So that we're going to be concentrating a lot on making that easier to use, more powerful, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing that we announced was our support for Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. We, our top goal right now is we want to be the ultimate tool for DevOps 
for those using Kubernetes. Which is a very interesting thing if you think about it. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Because it goes back to this whole notion of, I'm sure you roll over the average person, say Microsoft and open source, and they're going to say, yeah, not, not, not so much. But the reality is, we Microsoft all about open source. Yeah, and we contribute, we have more GitHub repositories than any other firm on the planet, which blows my mind. Yeah, we are the, the largest contributors to open source, right? But uh, back to the, the, the Kubernetes development inside of Azure DevOps, the, the build and release for that. Um, is it the best in class right now? I'll be very honest and say, no, it's not, right? It's once again, it's hot off the press. So what we need from our customers, our fans, or the people out there is to use this feature and give us feedback because we are going to make it the best in class, but we need their help. Right? We need their help to give us the feedback that we need to make this tool the best that it can possibly be for Kubernetes. What do I want? I want when people think about CICD for into a Kubernetes cluster, of course we use Azure DevOps because it's so much better than any of the other tools out there. Right? So we're not there yet, but with your help, we absolutely will be there. Can we also talk a little bit about, I'm going to ask you about future mm-hmm. things, but let's talk about open source projects that are starting to migrate to Azure DevOps. We have this incredible thing. What what is Wayne explain? So it makes perfect sense. If you're an open source project, it makes perfect sense for you to use Azure DevOps for your build and release or actually for everything, right? We've incentivized that from a monetary point of view. If you're an open source project, guess what? You get 10 free parallel pipelines. Which are crazy number of pipelines. Nobody gives And that. it's for unlimited minutes, right? It's yes. like, it's crazy. I'll even tell you a secret. If you are an open source project, and you happen to need more than 10 pipelines, which is crazy already. But if, if, you're, if you're an open source project and you're that big, give us a call. We may give you more. And, and there are big ones. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I'm just, just yeah, going to say yeah, it out no, there. No, right? no. Give us a call yeah. and you know, good things will happen. Yeah. But it's already a crazy amount. And there, there are libraries like libgit too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically all git action across the, the net yeah. is based upon things. So, just- so the, the other part, the why Azure DevOps is so op- awesome for open source. Most open source projects, where are they stored? GitHub, right? Yeah. And this, that's just the way the, the industry has, has kind of yeah. settled out. Azure DevOps has first-class integration into GitHub, right? Yep. So if you're in GitHub, guess what? You can easily create your CI/CD pipelines in Azure pipelines that connect up to GitHub 100% seamlessly. We have the ability now, and I think we announced this at Build recently as well, or, or yesterday as well. We now have the ability to integrate Azure boards with GitHub as well. So now you can track all of your work using Azure boards connected to GitHub. Which is crazy good compared to issues, awesome. where, which yeah. was just like, basically issues was bugs with a little bit of feature around yeah. it, right? So, so issue, issues are fantastic, right? If yeah. Issues in GitHub, I'm, I'm not going to trash no. talk that. It works well for what it is. Yeah. But if you need a little bit more, right? If your project is a little bit more and you need to be able to track your work, you need to be able to track your sprints, you need to be able to do more detailed breakdown of work. Issues... It, it just doesn't have enough features yeah. for that, right? But guess what? It links seamlessly with Azure Boards now. So you can just use Azure Boards to manage your work. So like I said, if you're an open source project and you're in GitHub, well, you just, just use Azure DevOps. There's, there's, yeah. there's, not even, there's no thinking about it. Just, it's intuitive. Just do it. Well, we're going to hope that a good portion of the planet uh, agrees with you. So I think we're just trying to wrap up a little bit. But okay. 
If you could just, as maybe one last category, talk about things that are further out. And, you know, I don't want you to talk NDA stuff, but hopefully there are things you can talk about at a longer timeline. Yes, there is. Right. Okay. A big initiative that we have is we need to be able to deploy faster. So what does that mean? Remember when I said Azure DevOps came from TFS, which is a monolithic application. So we've been spending time trying to tease that monolithic app out into microservices, which is great, right? But we're not quite all there yet. And because of that, we have to deploy in a monolithic fashion. So we could speed things up tremendously if we can break everything down into microservices completely. So now instead of deploying everything all at once, we just deploy a microservice. It becomes much faster, much easier, much less error prone, right? So that's one of the big initiatives is that we're going to, not even going to, this has been happening for a while now. We will tear it apart and break it down even further into more microservices so that we can deploy faster so our customers can get more features. If you're interested in the specific features that we're working on, I suggest that you just go to, uh, I think it's dev.azure.com. From there, there's a link to a timeline of all of our future features that are coming. We're very transparent about what we're working on That's great. and when we think we're going to be dropping them. So it, like I said, if you want specific, what, what are the new features that are coming? or that we're working on, go to dev.azure.com, go to our timeline, and you'll be able to see it yourself. Well, this has been great. I'm pretty sure, knowing you, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> but I'm going to let you go to your next meeting or eat or whatever the hell is the next thing you're doing. Fantastic. I'm talking with Principal Cloud Advocate Abel Wang at Abel Squidhead, and I swear, any place you put Azure DevOps in a search engine, his name's <laughs> going to come up. And so this has been the Azure Ability Podcast. I'm Lewis Berman. You can find us on you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. It's Azure Ability, all one word. And keep your software in the clouds, the Azure cloud. Thank you. You've been listening to Azure Ability, a podcast for everyone interested in the art and science of developing solutions for the Microsoft Azure platform. Be sure to visit our website, azureability.com, for show notes, helpful links, and other episodes. We'd also love to receive your questions and comments. On behalf of your host, Lewis Berman, and the many friends of the podcast, thanks for listening.